On this week's episode, it's time to create your own Hogwarts legacy. Magic Mike dances one more time. And what got announced from Nintendo and Disney? All this and more as we reach our next stop, the PCC Multiverse. Don't be alarmed. The quasi-shimmering light before you is a trans-dimensional gateway to other worlds, other voices, other thoughts, and other realities. Up feels like down, and down feels like the number seven on a Wednesday morning. Don't worry. That quivering, blood-boiling sensation under your eyebrows is all a part of the charm. Welcome to the PCC Multiverse. And we're back with another episode of the PCC C multiverse. This is Gerald Glassroom from Pop Culture Cosmos, Game Source, Inside Sports Fantasy Football, and the Lakers Fast Break. We truly appreciate everyone out there listening to all of our great shows. And if you can, please give us that magical five star review wherever you get your podcasts. Plus, if you could like, share, subscribe, follow, or do whatever it is that you can to support us right here at the Pop Culture Cosmos Game Source. Inside Sports Fantasy Football, where we covered the Super Bowl on this week's program, the Lakers Fast Break, where we covered the NBA trade deadline, and more. So check that out today. Plus also our good friends at the Vampires and Vitae. Plus also as well, Wizards and Wine with Wild Beyond and Witchlight, who are the masters of everything tabletop RPG. So go ahead and check out their great channels today at Vampires and Vitae and Wild Beyond the Witchlight with the Wizards and Wine. Plus also as well, popculturecosmos.wordpress.com. And of course, the latest news and trends in pop culture each and every day, plus hours upon hours of tabletop RPG greatness are right there waiting for you at Pop Culture Cosmos on Facebook. And if you could support all of that, it is sincerely appreciated. But it wouldn't be a PCC multiverse without my good friend. She is back with us once again. She is the mastermind, the evil mastermind plotting everything that she can do as far as a good space at an AMC theater sometime soon, maybe to watch Magic Mike 3. We'll see. Tell, oh yeah, try not to tell Robbie that too soon. But is a good friend indeed. You got to go ahead and check out what she's doing today at Vampires and Vitae, plus Wild Beyond the Witchlight, part of the Wizards and Wine Emporium. It is Melinda Barkhouse Ross and Melinda dancing this weekend before the Super Bowl with Magic Mike. Oh man, <laughs> <laughs> that's classic, right? That classic, yes. I think you need to trademark that. Oh man, uh, yeah, maybe I will. Shirt. Yeah, I'll at least make a T-shirt with it or something. Yeah, exactly. That's what, yeah. that's what I mean. Yes. Oh man. All right. <laughs> indeed, indeed. But Magic Mike Three is coming out this weekend. We'll talk about how it may fare. This weekend for Channing Tatum's probably final go-around is Magic Mike, and I'm probably sure he's probably glad that is because of all the intense workouts he has to do in order to get in shape for the role. So we'll talk about that here in a bit. Plus also as well, Hogwarts Legacy. So this is your chance, gamers, to go out there and relive the wonders and mystique and magic of the world of Harry Potter. So we're going to talk about the advanced word on it and how gamers are liking it. So we'll talk about that on the show. Plus also as well, we're going to be talking about what the Nintendo Direct, the latest one, said about a release date for the latest Legend of Zelda. We'll talk about that and some other things that they put in there for you. Disney is having some highs and lows, some troubles, and some announcements. So we'll talk about that on the show Plus also as well, AMC's ticket pricing is causing a little bit of a fervor. We'll talk about AMC's new sightlines policy and if it's really a good thing, that's coming up on the show as well. But first, my friend, it is, I'm going to go with Disney to start off the plate for today. Sounds good. Disney Plus and its uh, recent announcements to shareholders about the last quarter ending Fiscal year 2022 reported for the first time in history for Disney Plus and that that streaming service that it is, that it did lose subscribers, losing 
2.4 million subscribers in the span between, I think, October and December of last year. Your thoughts on that before we talk about what they're trying to do to restructure, reformat. They're laying off 7,000 employees. They're making changes to executive hierarchy because the old Bob is back in charge, replacing the newer Bob, who I guess didn't really you know, do things in the plan that Disney was hoping. So we've got a, the original Bob, Bob Iger in place, once again, trying to restructure the company and make some changes. And in my opinion, first thing he has to do is go ahead and try to stop the hemorrhaging of losing subscribers at Disney+. Plus. And it's some stuff that we've talked about before, where you have these massive gaps of time where there's no new Marvel show, there's no new Star Wars show, um, there's no new movie release on Disney. It's just kind of there. And I think for a long time, you know, with the success of uh, the Disney vault and when DVDs and VHS tapes used to come out, do you remember those days? Oh, yeah. Um, that was a big part of their business. It sure was. Yeah. And I think that they may still have the mindset that that matters. And it probably does, um, you know, in some places. I know when I don't feel good, I put on the Emperor's New Groove. I know when I am having a bad day, I got to watch me some Mulan. Like, that, it is, a, it is a thing that does, you know, happen on a pretty regular basis in our house. However, if you are a house that, you know, has actual adults in it who don't watch cartoons all day, <laughs> and you're a Star Wars fan or a Marvels fan, why would you keep Disney between those, you know, those long stretches of time where there's no new content on there for you to watch? Um, so I, this could be a symptom of that. I don't know, but that's would be my first question. It would be mine as well as like what they need to do. Uh, I've always told you with Disney Plus, it's it's their content content and more content how they lay it out how they structure it i still see the day when they smarten up and have like a marvel property on a monday maybe a disney original or something else that that is disneyfied that's going to debut on a wednesday as far as an episode is concerned and then on a friday cap it off with a star wars project something of that nature maybe maybe go with whatever's coming up in the marvel program Monday, you do like uh, maybe a Tron series on Wednesday, and then you do like a Star Wars and or season two on a Friday, something like that. Just just a, that would actually keep people interested in what they're doing, plus mix it up with a lot of other content, both for young and old. And as long as you're doing that, I think that that would keep people entrenched. We're going to probably see the same thing with, with Netflix because the first couple months of, of the year for Netflix has kind of been slow itself. If you don't keep that content flowing, my friend, you're going to lose subscribers pretty quickly. What I think Disney should look for is a, a lot of the stuff that you were just saying. And again, it's stuff that we've been saying for a very long time where you need to have an episodic release every day of the week. And it needs to be something that is hyper-exclusive to Disney. So it's got to be Star Wars. It's got to be the Disney original stuff. But it's got to be something that can only be found on Disney+. And then, you know, every once in a while, you sprinkle in a big event, like uh, some kind of movie dropping or, uh, you know, a special behind-the-scenes episode of something. I don't know. But you've got to do something to keep people interested in the content that you're creating. And if you're giving them lulls, in your um, app, then they know the next one is coming out in four months. So I'm going to take my Disney Plus subscription away for four months. I'm going to put it back over here into something else. I'm going to see what they have for four months. And then I'll pull out of there and, and I'll probably come back to Disney because my favorite show is back. I think that if we're talking about it, Gerald, and we've realized it, so has Disney. They're not dummies. And if us two goofs have managed to, <laughs> to see this then Speak i'm for yourself <laughs> right but seriously i, I never I... act goofy at all <laughs> no no aha oh mickey <laughs> this is goofy <laughs> but seriously like if we are seeing this and we're recognizing it as a, an issue then i'm sure that somebody at disney has realized it as well and I hope so. um it may They're be something that a lot they... more than us to do so uh, 
Yeah, right. And I, it may be something that, you know, they are working on behind the scenes right now, but it, you know, as we know, creating content, my gosh, takes time. It takes money. It takes writers. It takes development. It takes a whole lot of stuff. And um, if they're going to create quality content, because you can't just put garbage out and expect people to come back, it does have to be, you know, that standard. And I think like probably Mandalorian maybe set the the standard for what we're expecting now out of a Star Wars series. It's definitely not Sloba Fett, right? Yeah. And well, that should pick up next month because at the beginning of next month, it is the Mandalorian season three. I was sad, though, to hear that in a way because Andor is one of the best series to ever appear on the Disney Plus platform. And it came at a time where they were hemorrhaging viewers and which tells me that you know not as many people watched and or i looked at the year-end statistics by nielsen on the highest rated shows and a lot of it of course is dominated by netflix but i didn't see one sign of any major disney series that that actually cracked the needle in the top 15 it was either amazon or netflix and to me that's concerning because you have 150 million subscribers least something should you know catch whatever it is as far as the top 15 or top 20 shows you should have at least one or two shows that are trying to get there or should be getting there in the top 15 shows on streaming and you don't and that to me is is troubling it tells me that you know that whatever it is that disney's doing no matter how well received or how well not received unless like you said it's a mandalorian or I think that's probably it. The Mandalorian is probably the only series I know of. Even the Marvel series are have not been must-watch television to a lot of people. And that I find disappointing because, again, I'm such a big Andor fan. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that... Like I said, they're they're not dumb at Disney, and they're they're gonna they'll figure it out, they'll sort it out. It's unfortunate that seven thousand people are about to pay the price for, um, you know, perhaps uh, the people in charge knowing a or not putting the horse before the cart. No, cart before the horse. Yeah, that's the way it goes. It's backwards. Mm-hmm. That's why the saying is funny. It's too bad that people are going to be the collateral and livelihoods are the collateral of this. I feel almost like throwing darts at a dartboard situation happening right now. And it's unfortunate. It is unfortunate. One of the things that was mentioned by Bob Iker is that Hulu is, you know, we've always talked about how they just need to go ahead and buy the last third of what they don't own in Hulu and just call it a day and just combine it and absorb it into Disney+. Plus. Now he says, we'll be open, our ears are listening, if anybody's interested in buying Hulu, which actually is a complete 180 from what I have been able to ascertain over the past couple of years. So that is interesting if they're actually hearing stuff about how they're trying to hear about Hulu. They've always been talked about as far as possibly selling ESPN. So that's something that uh, you know may or may not come to fruition at some point in time down the road although he was not exactly that uh, actually uh, descriptive on ESPN's future. But yeah, there's going to be some reshaping done, remodeling, reorganization done at the hierarchy of Disney and and any of the relating companies at hand. So people will see probably most likely some changes. Will that lead to a better experience? We'll find out. I know the Disney parks also as well that had been uh, not doing as great as they once did just coming out of the the coronavirus pandemic. So maybe some different pricing, not necessarily jacking it up every six months might also help out as well, but we'll see. I do want to mention one last thing when it comes to Disney is that also was announced because when, you know, you're in a little bit of a money quandary and and you need to get some uh, revenue. Well, let's get out the old IPs. And let's uh, go ahead and just add on to them one more time. So, Melinda, what are your thoughts on a Zootopia 2? Because we already know there's a Zootopia-related series coming to Disney+. Plus. There's also a Frozen 3 on the way. Shocker of shockers there. Right. Okay, I'm being facetious. <laughs> and last but certainly not least, and I think this is one that's going to be the most div- divisive, a Toy Story 5 which uh, I think should have ended after Toy Story 3. I really thought it was not a good ending at Toy Story 3. 
Toy Story 4, just like, okay, okay movie, not too bad. And it had a soft, cheesy ending. But I really liked the ending in, in Toy Story 3 better. I thought that originally was their plan is to end it at 3. It seems right. like when you watch it, they were supposed to end it at 3. They found a way to shoehorn in Toy Story 4 effectively enough. And now they're looking at a Toy Story 5, which if you watch Toy Story 4 and 3, it looked like it was supposed to end after 4 and 3. Yeah, wasn't there something else that tried to wrap up like four different times and it just kept coming back? Oh, um, I'm thinking Futurama. Yes. You know, where they like finally just, you know, put a put a little bow tie on it and they're like, nah, and we're gonna come back for back another from season. It's sure, it, yeah. Yeah, we reported on that. So yeah. So uh yeah, I'm here for Zootopia too, though. I love that. That's right, because the character played Bender, he held out because he wanted more money, then he got more money, now he's a part of it. Yes, that's right. Right, yes. So, but yeah, I'm here for Zootopia too. I loved Zootopia. I thought it was a really cute, really smart little movie. Well, that that one's I have no problems with, because that didn't feel like it ended on on a certain note. And plus, there's going to create a spinoff series based on Zootopia. So that's not surprising to me. And Frozen 3, not really surprising to me there because there's probably still life in that IP to go ahead and extend it more. It's the Toy Story one that kind of irks me because it's like, okay, you're giving us this false finish. It's like in wrestling. You give us a false finish once. Okay. All right. We can deal with it. You give us a false finish twice. Okay. Now we're getting kind of mad. Now you're asking for a third time around to finish the series maybe who knows i don't even believe it anymore that they'll ever finish toy story yeah no i'm i'm with you on that and i and i stopped watching toy story at to- toy story 2 so i am so far out I think of you should watch loop. three three yeah, you will, think? Will, three's a tearjerker at the very end oh well i don't need help to cry gerald <laughs> all right there's a robbie ross joke in there somewhere but i won't really quite say where no not really i was just kidding but um, as am i as am i of course yeah no uh but i think that uh it's just a i think i was just like a little bit ahead of toy story and i was in that weird phase where you refuse to watch anything cartoon because now those are for children and they're not for you anymore Mm-hmm. Um, but then you remember that that's all a bunch of malarkey and then you get back into it. I just haven't gone back to pick up the Toy Story stuff. That's Speaks all. the woman who watches what movies she said when she's a little mm-hmm. bit down? Emperor's New Groove. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And, which is uh, animated. Yeah. Uh, Mulan. Yeah, which is a cartoon. Yep. Absolutely. Yep. And let me think. So you just what else? Oh, right. Yeah. Theory. Beauty, Beauty and the Beast. Well, I said there was a period. I didn't say it was my whole <laughs> life. <laughs> It was a rough six months, Gerald. <laughs> I, I, I was just saying, I, I was just trying to poke holes in your theory. Yeah, you know, I got over a period of watching animated films. So what are your favorite animated films? All right. Yeah. Moving on. <laughs> but it is uh, Disney who are experiencing some issues right now, losing subscribers. They're still at 150 million, so, or thereabouts, which is, I mean, come on, you know, compared to other Paramount wishes they had those kind of problems. Our right. good friends at Peacock, which has been like the, uh, you know, our streaming service that we've been teasing on for about two years now straight. I mean, they would love those kind of issues. So it is Disney. What are your thoughts out there on their different issues? But also as well, the announcements of a new Toy Story, a new Frozen, and a new Zootopia. Please let us know your thoughts. PopCultureCosmos at Yahoo.com. Thanks for checking out the PCC, you know, the Pop Culture Cosmos. We'll be back in one moment. For the latest news and information, analysis and opinions on the Los Angeles Lakers and the NBA, check out the Lakers Fast Break podcast today on wherever you get your podcasts. Well, my friend, still much more to talk about that hit up as far as the news this week. Want to ask you your thoughts on Hogwarts Legacy, which just debuted this week. I know that our good friend or my good friend, TJ Johnson, who is actually going to be on the Sunday show uh, as we go ahead and count down our top choices and not so top choices for best commercials and trailers at the Super Bowl. So that'll be appearing after the Super Bowl on Super Bowl night on Sunday. So looking forward to my conversation with him on that. But 
he uh, would is saying that he was late to the Harry Potter fandom, actually discovering it within the past three years. And he is super, super excited for Hogwarts Legacy. Well, it came out this week for all the various console platforms and really, really good stuff. 85 on Metacritic, strong rating, very strong rating. Great, great, great experience from what most people are saying as far as the open world, going through the investigation, the side quests, a good 30 to 35 hours as far as the campaign and the stuff that you think you can do in there, the side quests, the characters that you meet, et cetera, et cetera. It feels like a Harry Potter adventure from the start to end. Your thoughts on Hogwarts Legacy. Is this something that that you could see yourself getting into or you see yourself you know, hearing a lot more about what's going on with this version of Harry Potter from a company really, really designed to go ahead and make a great Harry Potter experience with Hogwarts Legacy? Yeah, um, I, I think I'm probably the same as, as TJ with the exception of I haven't really gone back and discovered it. Yeah, I, I just don't have a passion yeah, for the Harry Potter Excelsior. stuff. Yeah, I I did the quiz at one point and found out the house that I'm supposed to be in. It's the one, I think it's a badger on the house. I'm mm. not even sure which one You're that not is. a Slytherin? No, I'm not. Um, yeah, I know Were that for disappointed? sure. I, I don't remember. I just know that the rock is of the same house. So I okay. figured that I was in pretty good company. Um, but that's about all that I know, really, about Harry Potter. Oh, and there's a train, and there's a platform. I think I, my kids did it too, and 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 when I did it with them, I think I, I got chosen as Slytherin. You know, not 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 too much of a surprise there. <laughs> I'll leave it but at that. I will say this for Harry Potter Legacy. I know that uh, the writer of the Harry Potter series, mm-hmm. who shall go unnamed because she is quite upsetting uh, to a lot of people out there, that's and I. Yeah, and I know that there are a lot of people who are boycotting the game because of what the writer of the Harry Potter series um, has said. Uh, You can dig into that as much as you want. Uh, Please do uh, educate yourself on it and uh, then maybe make the decision on whether or not you want to pick up the game. Um, I'm simply not interested in Harry Potter stuff, so it's probably not one that that I'm going to play. I think that there are different... Uh, games out right now plus i am still waiting for my diablo 4 to land on my playstation (laughs) just magically one day be there so um you know that's probably going to be my big video game investment uh for the year is going to be diablo so the the harry potter stuff doesn't really land close to me but if you are a fan then you've probably heard some of the stuff that i'm sort of but not really addressing and if you are not a big Harry Potter fan, um, but you're thinking about picking up the video game, uh, go ahead and, and just read into it and read up on it a little bit and see where you fall in the discussion and, um, you know, let that determine whether or not you feel you should invest your money and your time in a game like this. And, uh, you know, you're right on as far as the controversy, as far as people boycotting Hogwarts Legacy mm-hmm. because of the individual writer that again we will not name on this show for now i say that though they should probably try to separate that if they can if they truly love the harry potter experience and you know just put the individual aside yes i know that individual created the universe and and but if you truly enjoy it and and these people at the development studio that makes this game they spent hundreds and thousands of hours creating this game over the course of years to create a great experience that Harry Potter fans will love and enjoy and respect. And they, from all appearances, from what I've seen, the footage I've seen, the time I've sat down to watch it and see it, it, people interact with it, they have really, really done a good job of trying to create that experience. No, you don't see many of the major characters that you do see in the films, but creating that lifestyle, like you are actually heading to Hogwarts, creating your own customizable characters so they can look like the way you want it to look at, and just going there and experiencing and learning the spells and learning how to interact with them, then discovering the different mysteries and side quests, and then obviously facing off against the monsters that you do there. And... While, all the while while you're following a main storyline 
I think it's it's pretty cool. And I think it's something that, you know, it's not all that often that an IP gets favorable treatment that is respected and appreciated by the critics and by gamers that do actually play it. I mean, how many times have we seen an IP really used for the wrong purposes in gaming? In fact, that used to, during the 2000s when I was working in the games uh, as far as industry, as far as on the retail side, you know, that was the old joke. It was an, it was a, uh, you know, a licensed game. You knew it was going to be bad. And, and this is a licensed game that really went out of its way to try and make itself good. And for the most part, I think they've really done a good job of doing that. It'll be considered as one of the better games of 2023. And I think that goes for, I think that accounts for something. But the thing is, if you really love Harry Potter and you really have great and fond memories of Harry Potter, uh, you, you should, if you can at all, set aside what the author and, and their comments are made on whatever issues that everybody knows about as far as the controversy is concerned, if you can. If you can, because the development studio and publisher spends a lot of money, did a, put a lot of time in to go ahead and create a really good experience, at least try to respect the fact that they did that. Yeah, and, uh, you know, it's... It's just, it's one of those situations where um, you just need to make sure that you are educated before you dive in headfirst. Yeah. And that, that's, that's really all that I'm trying to say. If you, mm -hmm. if you really want to play the game, uh, then play the game, but understand mm -hmm. what that may mean to somebody um, who is currently in your life and, and what that says without saying anything to them. Um, that that's all that I'm trying to say. I'm just trying to, uh, you know, kind of raise my hand and say that this is also a thing and it's something that uh, I think deserves to be considered. And yes, when you buy a Hogwarts legacy, you are rewarding that individual, whether or not you agree or disagree with their comments that they've made in the past on any subject, as far as that's concerned. Mm -hmm. But you're also supporting the staff that worked for years on this game to make it something special. And to me, the hundreds and hundreds of people whose livelihoods are dependent on you buying this game mean more to me than whatever residuals any one individual will get out of this, if that makes sense. Sure, I, I, I see the point. I see where you're coming from. I see Because if this is that. a bomb, a financial bomb, they will close the studio. I can right. guarantee you they will close the studio. Yeah. Because uh, that's how uh... the games industry is. Yeah, that's uh, that's pretty that's pretty scary, and um, yeah, it's uh, just a, another layer of complication in an already incredibly complicated story. It is, it is, and and believe me, and they're they have to work under the pressure because they went into it, I'm sure, you know, and started this up, thinking they were going to have this really great project in the Harry Potter universe that everybody would love and imagine and enjoy, and it got greenlighted, and it's like everything's all great and. They had the tech demo that they presented to the financiers and everything was green lighted. Then all of a sudden the comments were made by the author of the Harry Potter series. And, you know, everything goes you know, to blank, to bleep, whatever you want to say. And, you know, for a really while there's there, and still to this day, there's a lot of hostility and, you know, for people who, you know, are, are no knowledgeable on it, you know, it's, it's there. You can go ahead and read the news on it. It's been covered on, on several different places. We've talked about it a little bit, Josh and I, on the show before in regards to it. But I, I just say, again, to me, the hundreds of people who worked on this game, whose very livelihood for the future for working on other games or DLC for this or anything else relating to whatever work that they do down the road for this particular development studio, their livelihoods are on the line for the future. And that to me takes precedent. I just think it's just me mean, it means more to me. It's, it's more important to whether or not I want to go buy this game because of that fact. Sure. And, you know, like I said, that's a, that's a perfectly fair and, and you know, valid part of the conversation. So, um, you know, it, it's a complicated story right now. And, mm -hmm. uh, yeah, I just ask that you educate yourself um, before you uh, before you dive into it too far. And I agree with you on that, especially yeah. if I take take a look at some of the footage, take a look at some of the streams that are out there, take a look at some of the news that in regards to both sides of the equation on this. But go ahead and make sure, like you do it, Melinda says, and educate yourself before you decide to. 
But if you are all interested in the Harry Potter universe, I suggest at least giving it a look as far as uh, as far as what, what Melinda says, at least investigating into it, because if you are interested in joining into the Harry Potter universe from all appearances, it looks like it's a good way to jump in with Hogwarts Legacy. So if you decide that you are interested in it, please go ahead and give it a look. And again, just educate yourself on whether or not you want to go ahead and buy it. But right now, the reviews are pretty good and pretty strong for Hogwarts Legacy. Please let us know your thoughts, popculturecosmos at yahoo.com. Action Figure Adventure is back with Season 2, and we're going further than ever before. Checking out more toy stores than ever before, and seeing more incredible, iconic, and noteworthy pieces than you could possibly imagine. Once again, Jay grapples with how to build the ultimate action figure auction to support critically and terminally ill kids in need. Along the way, we'll chat about Holy Grail figures, perfect action figures, and showcase some incredible toy collections. Action Figure Adventure Season 2. 7.30 p.m. Eastern on Jinx TV Canada. Well, my friend, one half hour down, one half hour to go on this latest PCC Multiverse on Super Bowl weekend. Uh, do you actually check out the Super Bowl? I know you're you're like a lot of my family members out there. They don't really care about the Super Bowl, but gosh darn it, they're going to be there to watch them commercials. Well, I I heard that there's a football game happening during a Rihanna concert. Is what I heard. So yeah, that's... absolutely. And and they're <laughs> they're they're wrapping a football game around the commercials too, as well. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but no, no. I'm I I don't I I follow hockey. I don't follow football. So okay, I it's the Stanley Cup. Yeah, yeah, I know. Like, hut is a thing in football, I guess. Um, yardage. <laughs> um, that's the goalposts at the end. I know those are important. Um, <laughs> so the 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 honestly, the the big game is not really on my radar. Well, you know what? For individuals <laughs> such as yourself that are really not interested in catching the Super Bowl, and the individual sponsors that are paying upwards of $7 million for a 30-second spot in order to go ahead and showcase their wares or checking out Rihanna's concert. You can go to the theaters this weekend and check out Magic Mike 3 or a reissue of Titanic, you know, because James Cameron doesn't have enough money. So he's no. a struggling filmmaker. So, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> he's going to finance... Ironic... He's going to finance those new, uh, what you call it, movies, Avatar, Avatar. movies somehow. Well, let me say this. It is so ironic in a way that that they're reissuing Titanic. I think a week after Avatar just passed Titanic on the all-time list. So it's uh, ironic that Titanic gets a reissue the week after that happens. I just see the irony on that, that a James Cameron film just passed a James Cameron film. So a James Cameron film gets reissued. But also it's all Magic Mike 3 with Channing Tatum and Selma Hayek. Selma Hayek is a new addition in this latest, uh, I guess, I'm assuming this is a Magic Mike trilogy. It's going to end the trilogy with Steven Soderbergh directing for another time in Magic Mike 3. Steven Soderbergh films, they vary. They're all over the place from, from really, really good to, okay, what was he thinking sometimes? But when he hits it, he hits it good with some really good films. I don't know if Magic Mike 3 is going to be that because already it's coming out with a 52 on Metacritic. So obviously this is just like, okay, let's cash in one last time. But your thoughts on Magic Mike 3, is that going to be your alternative entertainment this weekend? Well, I mean, just when you thought that Channing Tatum escaped his life as a stripper, he goes ahead and does something like Magic Mike, reheats it three times and serves it to us with body glitter and bad cologne i don't know but i no i don't i saw the first one it was fine i saw the second one and i was like Meh. i only saw the first one because joe manganello was in it so you go um, with the DD. yeah <laughs> right at least i'm consistent gerald let me ask you this would hmm. you watch if all the, the the dancers in magic mike the original one had just sat down and played a game of DD with with manganello that should just be the DD movie <laughs> okay Fair enough. <laughs> to be Fair honest, enough. and we we've said that's how they should set it up. You start at a table, and then you pan out, and they you know transform into their characters, and they're off on an adventure, and then you know they come back to it when somebody needs a bio break, and you know snacks happen. I don't know. I'd watch the crap out of that movie. Anyway, but where's we're the dancing? I guess would what's what I'm saying. 
Well, there's always a bard in a party, a good utility okay. character. <laughs> Just leave it up to the bard. <laughs> okay, fair enough, fair enough. Maybe the bard but, can teach the wizard. I don't know. I'm, I actually would laugh if Magic Mike 3 gets beat by the Titanic reissue this weekend. That would make me laugh. There's a good possibility. Avatar, which finally got beat last week for the number one spot here in the United States, if that actually regains it because if it just if it holds you know a decent percentage there's a good possibility you could have several movies right around 10 million dollars so i don't expect a really big release or big breakout hit this weekend at the box office so if that's the case for me it's all up to grabs i could see titanic winning the box office this weekend i could see magic mike three i could even see avatar regaining the number one spot i just think it's kind of funny that we have all these films where they're at right before a weekend where there's it's, it's serving as alternative entertainment for the Super Bowl. Yeah, absolutely. And it, it definitely uh, seems to know the demographic of people who are not interested in a football game. Yes. And generally speaking, generally speaking, I'm not making a sweeping statement about everybody everywhere. It's just generally speaking, Magic Mike, Titanic. It makes sense. Yep. And I agree. I mean, this would be the weekend to do it because of all the football widows and widowers that may be out there mm -hmm. because of the Super Bowl this weekend. So we'll see. I, as I said before on the Inside Sports Fantasy Football this week, I would have loved to see the WWE do another halftime heat. I think that would have been killer, but that's just me. Oh, that it, would have been fun. Yeah. Rock and Mankind going at it uh, like they did back then. That was that was kind of fun watching that for a halftime. But it is Magic Mike 3 and Titanic at battling it out the box office. Want to hear your thoughts? Are you going to go ahead and check out Channing Tatum one more time? Still think you should go ahead and, you know, he kind of looks like Shepard there right behind me on Mass Effect. So <laughs> just saying, just, just saying, saying. But, just saying. <laughs> but what are your thoughts out there on Magic Mike 3 and Titanic and who might win the box office here in the U.S. or around the world? It's going to be an off week, I think, for many of the releases that are out there as far as I think a lot of uh, people are waiting for next week when you and I are going to be talking Ant-Man and the Wasp, Quantumania, mm -hmm. which actually got its premiere and the reviews are are good, not great, but good, uh, especially if you're Jonathan Majors, they're really good. So want to hear your thoughts, though, out there on this week in the box office, popculturecosmos at yahoo.com. My friend, there's a couple more things we need to talk about before we head on out. Nintendo had a direct this past week, and it's just a shame, though, that, that Nintendo and Sony and, and Xbox all said that they don't want to be a part of this year's E3, uh, the reissue of E3 rebooting itself, trying to become something a little bit better than it was before. And unfortunately, none of the big three want to be a part of it, which is kind of disappointing. So Nintendo this week, though, upon the news that the Nintendo Switch is now, I think, the third or fourth all-time best-selling console because it just passed the PS4 and the DS, if I'm not mistaken. They announced some more games coming to it. Obviously, the big ticket was everybody was waiting on a release date for Legend of Zelda Tears of the Kingdom. That's coming out on May 12th, 2023. So a lot of people have it really locked down there. Uh, and of course, you know, now that the, all the prices for all the games are going to $70, what kills me though is the PlayStation 5 and the Xbox Series S and X as you know, the latest generation of games, they kind of maybe possibly justified the price bump to $70. Nintendo Switch has been out for eons now, <laughs> and yet they're bumping up the price for $70 to $70. I think that's a little cheesy. That's me. But, of course, you can get the collector's edition at $130. That, that does you well. But your thoughts on Legend of Zelda, Tears of the Kingdom, coming out in May 12th? I mean, who doesn't want to go break some more clay pots? Let's do that. Yes, please. All day I'll do that. I'm surprised to hear about the stuff going up in price for a console that's been out for so long. Like, I'm, yeah, I'm with you on that one. That was kind of tacky. But at the same time, you know, inflation is everywhere and it is truly affecting everything. And um, 
or at least we're being told it's affecting everything. Maybe I should look at it that way. Well, but... they don't drop the price anytime soon on Nintendo. So when it gets mm -hmm. released here in May 12th, 2023, you will probably not see a price drop until 2025 at the earliest on that game. Yeah. So that's, uh, you know, that's, that's a thing, but you know, maybe it's going to put Nintendo, um, I don't, I don't see. I was going to say something. It would have been incredibly wrong. I was going to say it would put them at the same level as Xbox and PlayStation. But what I just meant was uh, with the the gaming prices and, and stuff like that. And they may find that it becomes detrimental. They, it could turn off a lot of Nintendo users. Mm -hmm. And they just, like you said, if you get that hundred and fifty dollar uh, package, um, you know that's more than enough to keep most people happy. I guess so, but yeah, to, I mean they'll pay for it. Nintendo fans will be flocking to the stores pre-ordering like crazy so they're they're all geared up to buy the latest zelda I, I have no doubts on that i have no doubt the fandom for mario and zelda I, I will never doubt that but it looks good for what you can do what you can explore i am still fascinated how the, the studios behind all these uh, great nintendo games seemingly can push and test the limits of what this can do, what the Switch can do better than any other company out there. There's so many third-party companies that, that okay, we see them on an Xbox, Melinda, for example, or we see them on a PlayStation when a third-party, like, a, like um, I guess, you know, when a Call of Duty comes out and you see the graphics on there, like that Amsterdam level on the latest Call of Duty, and it just blows you away, the, the actual colors, the, everything popping and the graphics so detailed. And yet, when it comes to the Nintendo Switch, no third-party maker or manufacturer can even come close to the boundaries and the limits of pushing it or testing limits or ways to go ahead and expand upon it better than Nintendo can on its own system. It just seems fascinating to me that they can capitalize on their own product better than anyone else. Maybe it's just having... I, I almost want to say that it, it seems like... Uh, with Xbox and PlayStation, it just seems like every once in a while they are the best at getting in their own way. Mm -hmm. And the idea that Nintendo has figured out how to stay out of their own way or how to move when there is an opportunity for progression or, uh, you know, some kind of innovation, uh, they automatically embrace it. And it seems like it's just a bit slower sometimes with PlayStation and, and Xbox. And that's purely outsider I game, but I'm, I consider myself a pretty casual gamer. I'm not super great at it. Well, Nintendo yeah. has never considered itself uh, on the cutting edge. I mean, you talked about no. the Wii. The Wii compared to what the PlayStation 3 and Xbox 360 at that point in time, the graphics were nowhere near what those two could do. But when it, came, when it comes to game playing ability and making these games fun, doing things to make them more enjoyable or whatever niche you need to find nintendo does a better job of, of that than either of the, the other manufacturers because of how they're able to go ahead and just okay we can't do as much as these other guys as far as what we put underneath the hood so how can we make this funner how can we make this more enjoyable how can we make this more approachable to a larger consumer audience than what Sony or Xbox is doing. I think that's the secret of their, you know, their secret sauce. I think it's secret of their success. I think it's a key to it. And I'm really fascinated by how Nintendo, even with on each and every generation, has a lower, in fact, sometimes substantially lower powered unit, but still manages in the long run to outsell those higher power, better graphics, better quality gameplay supposedly on the surface but nintendo always seems to do almost every ever generation wii u and gamecube aside almost seems to every generation outsell the others simply because they're able to find a way to make it more fun yeah and that's i mean <laughs> i get so stressed out when i sit down to try to play a first per first person shooter i'm just bad at them i've never been able to master one and um you know, that's not always enjoyable, right? I don't want to be angry when I'm playing a video game. I'm one of those people that will rage quit and then I'll never play the game again. I, I am one of those people. Um, so with Nintendo, you just get fun games, man. Let's do that. Absolutely. And they do manage to do that. I've got to give respect. I've been a, 
I don't want to say I'm a Nintendo hater, but I've been been in like a Nintendo uh, standoffish person as far as me criticizing Nintendo a lot. And I have criticized Nintendo a lot over the years doing this show and the Game Source show before that. But I got to give them their props. When you outsell the PlayStation 4, when you outsell the DS, when you make yourself with this, because the fact it's portable, which was a brilliant move, because of the fact you can also pop in onto a TV and play the the console experience, yes, it isn't the most powerful. Yes, it isn't the most graphic or colorful as the other individual car, uh, consoles are. But you know what? It is probably the funnest experience with the games that are provided to it. People love playing Mario Kart. People love playing Zelda. People love playing the games on this. So yeah, definitely got to give them credit for doing that. And they and they just keep it going. They keep it rolling. There's still more life in this system. I understand. I know there's got. I know they've got something on the way. I know they've got something on the way that they're going to do soon. It can only last so long as far as keeping this out there as its premium console. But there's still a lot of life in the Switch yet. Yeah, I think so too. I, I think that uh, really uh, we may have just scratched the surface with it at this point. So uh, I mean, I'm I'm interested in in what Nintendo is going to throw down, and I am excited for the day that I have an opportunity to pick up a Switch. I don't have one, so maybe Be the only person left on the planet. <laughs> Are you surprised? <laughs> <sighs> Not really, knowing you already. And your love for Xbox, uh, PlayStation. Yes, no, no Xbox. I put. I mentioned Xbox. You don't want an Xbox. I don't want so, that. Yes. Uh, you're listening to the Pop Culture Cosmos. If you're in the Las Vegas and Henderson areas and are looking to buy, sell, or trade the best in classic or current video games and pop culture collectibles, there's no better place to go than Retro City Games. From Xbox to PlayStation, Nintendo to Atari, the great crew at Retro City Games provides the best place to go for all your gaming options. Stop by their two awesome locations in Henderson and also the Las Vegas Strip, or follow Retro City Games on Facebook and Instagram for all the latest deals and new items. Without a doubt, there's no better place to go for your gaming needs than your friends at Retro City Games. Before we head over to our last topic of the day, I do want to mention that some announcements outside of Tears of the Kingdom with Legend of Zelda, which is coming out on May the 12th, 2023. They did announce that dropped already Metroid Prime Remastered, which the Metroid series has got that niche that really loves Metroid, mm-hmm. but for some reason can never break out and become that that you know in that level of or in the vein of mario or zelda or pokemon or even kirby it doesn't even sell as well as some of the second tier you know splatoon or you know some of the second tier sellers for nintendo it you know the last brand new metroid it didn't sell well at all. And, you know, but they still got, you know, I give them props. They still go back to it. They still want to go ahead and do things with it. They did do a reissue on this as far as a remaster for Metroid prime, which probably was the most popular of the Metroid games. So hopefully they'll they'll be able to go ahead and, and still relive more memories of Metroid. Your thoughts on this among once the uh, announcement that you heard that a Metroid prime remastered was made. I would be intrigued enough to play it. Absolutely. A Game Boy and Game Boy Advance, those games got a library now available on the Nintendo Switch Online Marketplace. So you can go and go ahead and get games in the Game Boy and Game Boy Advance area for your Nintendo Switch. That's good to see there. Advance Wars 1 and 2, that is coming out on April 21st, 2023. Mario Kart 8 Deluxe. Guess what? More DLC is added. So the game is going to be stretched out as much as they can before they're going to give you another MK9. Their Splatoon 3 has an expansion pass. Kirby's Return to Dreamland Deluxe gets a new trailer and a February 24th release date. So that's coming to the Switch here rather quickly. Xenoblade Chronicles 3 gets an expansion pass. Fire Emblem Engage new DLC. Disney Illusions Island 
will bring some Disney magic to Switch this July, according to IGN and what they announced uh, with the Nintendo Direct. So that's July 28, 2023. Looking forward to that. Nothing wrong with a Disney game now and then, is there? I don't think so. Okay. But they're also coming out with a new Tron Identity. So I'm very interested to see how that will look on the Switch when it comes out April 2023. Because you and I both talked about Tron, how that's a underserved IP. And I think mm-hmm. that you could really do a lot more with that. So overall, some good things that were announced. A lot of things that were announced for the first part of this year, leading into also the summer. So a lot of good things announced. Your thoughts on where the Nintendo Switch stands so far for 2023? Uh, I think it's looking pretty good, honestly. That sounds like a pretty solid lineup to me for a Nintendo Switch. But, you know, my my big release comes out this year. Fingers yes. crossed. So yes. that's that's really what I'm counting down to. Yes, I know you are. You Diablo mm-hmm. lover you. <laughs> I cool. know. But what are your thoughts out there on Nintendo Direct, the latest Nintendo Direct, which announced a ton of games, DLC, mm-hmm. and of course... The big ticket item, The Legend of Zelda, that's coming out. The latest Legend of Zelda is coming out later this year on May 12, 2023. That is something I think a lot of people are looking forward to this year as we see a new Legend of Zelda after being delayed a year, finally getting a release date. It is Tears of the Kingdom, so looking forward to that. But what are your thoughts on the latest Nintendo Direct? Let us know your thoughts. PopCultureCosmos at Yahoo.com. Well, my friend, it's been a great episode, but before we head on out, AMC Sightlines. Dear. Uh-oh. Mm-hmm. It's getting some trouble here. Actually, a lot of people have talked about it. Some movie stars have actually talked about it as well, about their, their disdain for AMC's announcement that they're going to introduce and roll out across the country a Sightlines program, which is similar to what you would see in stadiums across the country where they will go ahead for the select seats, the best seats, which are, you know, when you go in a movie theater, you always try to dive for the ones in the middle. You always try to go ahead and get there early. When you go with, with Robbie or me with my family, you go, Robbie, I'm going to go ahead. I'm going to grab one of the seats. You're always diving towards the middle. Yeah. Right there. Those three rows, four rows right in the middle. Well, AMC's sightlines program, will now give you a premium charge if you want to go ahead and purchase those seats because most of these movie theaters are trending now to where you're, it's not just general admission seats and grab which anyone you want or anyone you can. Now it's, you got to select your seat in most of these uh, places now from what I'm seeing. So your thoughts on this as far as paying more for the premium seating and paying, I don't know, you're not paying any less for the bottom seat. You know, the, the ones that you have to look up and see the entire screen right above <laughs> your face right there. You're not paying any less for those, but you're paying more for decent seats. Yeah, and that seems incredibly unfair uh, to your average moviegoer. And I don't know why on earth a movie theater company thinks that it's a good idea right now. Movie theaters have not come back since the pandemic the way that they were Mm pre-pandemic. I don't understand this move at all, especially when, you know, you have all of these apps that are signing all of these deals and, you know, your movie, let's just, in the future, I can see it, movie theater not existing anymore. And that would be sad. That would be unfortunate because then you have... You know, people who have never experienced buying their ticket to go see like the new cartoon, but going to see the new vampire movie instead. Just for example, not that I ever did that when I was a child and wasn't old enough to get into an NC-17. No, never did that at all. You know, no, no, people don't do that. So that is an unfortunate part of missing out on what it was like to go to the movies. But I'm already paying X amount of dollars for this subscription for a platform at my house. We already know that theaters or movie companies, I suppose, are perfectly capable of making some kind of agreement where the movie goes direct to those platforms instead of released to theaters. So I can almost see there being some kind of a business plan where for the first two months, let's say, that a movie is available on one of these streaming platforms, you pay an extra $5.99 and you get to watch the movie from your house. You don't have to... Put on real pants. You can stay in your pajama pants and you don't have to comb your hair. You don't have to wipe the makeup from underneath your eyes from yesterday. It's fine. Slap yourself down on the couch, pay that extra few dollars, and you get to watch the movie without having to go to the theater. 
I just feel like that's the way it's going to go. And this is not building any kind of goodwill with the people who are still interested in going to the theaters to see a movie. That's the short end of the long point that I was trying to make. It was just, I can't imagine uh, anybody being turned off of a movie theater right now and this being something that gets them excited about going back to the movies. I don't want to pay an extra $3 because I like to sit in the middle. Excuse you. That's not fair. That's not okay. You know, if it was a larger venue, 500 seats, 1,000 seats, yeah, I, I get that. But you're talking what, in a lot of cases, what, 75 to 100 seats maximum as far as the number of seats in the theater? I'm just guessing. It's off the top of my head. So you've got a limited number of seats that are actually really good as far as a movie going experience when you're paying now 10 15 to go see these movies at a theater i'll tell you what if you're going to make the sight lines for those premium seats more expensive why don't you make the sn seats cheaper and you know what i mean by sn strained neck yes of the front rows <laughs> yes right there yes which i've gotten before yep I've same i gotten... ironically it was for titanic <laughs> There you go. Absolutely. I know I went to a, a premiere with Jamie one time and we were up front and I, yeah, by the end of the movie, my neck is killing me. Mm -hmm. So yeah, if that's the case, you're going to charge more for those premium seats. You should charge less for the seats that absolutely suck. That's just yeah. Yeah. I agree with you. I, I think that that would have been an okay balance, but it still um, is irritating to the movie going public. I mean, I, I don't know. I, I just think it's it's in bad taste. It's bad form. It's it's all of those things. It already costs an arm and a leg to go to a movie. And God forbid you get the munchies while you're there and you've got to go and buy some concessions. Goodness $50 gracious. popcorn. Uh, yeah. I mean, that's that's an easy $100 night. And that's just you paying for yourself. <laughs> yeah. And the thing is, though, I know that they have cameras that can actually see while you're watching the movie, you, what you're doing. But are they really going to go ahead and send the 17-year-old the kid to go into the theater because, let's say, you or I didn't buy the premium seats and we moved into the premium seats, which was empty during the show, so we're watching it. And you really think they're going to send that 17-year-old kid to come in and there and, and, and get us? And People are going to be shifting and moving around. They do that all the time in theaters. Now, even with the reserve seating they have now these days, they do that all the time now. They just people sit where they want. You really think they're going to stop that? Really? Really? Yeah, no, I, I can't see that being a thing. And, you know, if if you are in that situation and the 17-year-old kid comes in and says, I'm sorry, you didn't pay for these seats, you can't sit here, don't get in their face. It's not their fault. They're just trying they're just to do trying. their job so they can uh, put gas in their car and go out with their friends on the weekend. Don't yell at excuse them. Excuse me, ma'am. You're, you're, you're sitting in one of the AMC sightline seats. I'm going to have to ask you to move. Mm. Or give me that extra $3 and I won't say a word. Yeah, there you go. Right. Except if it was me, it'd be a 20, but. <laughs> extortion right there at an early age. Look at you. Trying to get teenagers. Capitalism, I don't know. <laughs> Learning some values right there as a teenager. There you go. Well, what, well, what are your thoughts on AMC's new premium sightlines ticket pricing? Please let us know your thoughts. PopCultureCosmos at Yahoo.com. My friend, it's been a great episode. We babbled enough for an hour. Any last thoughts before we head on out? Uh, last thoughts, last thoughts. Yes. Um, you, you know, know Magic I drop Mike's, that on you every week. Every week, I know. Uh, but Magic Mike's last dance, I don't, I don't know. A, a, I mean, are, like, like, are you, are you truly interested in seeing that? I don't, I don't know. I, it just feels like it's going to be just like a, a warmed up baked potato. It's going to be fine, but it's nothing to be excited about. Are you going to go see it just to mess with Robbie? No, <laughs> no, absolutely not. Are you kidding me? Our weekends, uh, starting at Saturday on no at noon until Monday night at nine, we are wall to wall in tabletop RPGs. So, we, so we Magic don't... Mike is actually on the tabletop. Yeah. <laughs> a Magic Mike tabletop game. Wait a minute, Gerald. Did you just give me homework? Do I have to figure out a D20 system for strippers? I'll let you do that. <laughs> 
So for Melinda Barkhouse Ross, this is Gerald Glassman. It's another beautiful day in paradise right here in the PCC multiverse. Thank you for listening. And here's hoping you have yourself a great. Listening to a Weeby Geeks Network podcast. Tangent Bound Network. Let your voice be heard. Tangentboundnetwork.com. Thanks so much for downloading the Pop Culture Cosmos and stay tuned as more great podcasts are on the way. Thanks again for listening to us here at the Pop Culture Cosmos.